Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Workbreak. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Workbreak takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Joe Gagnon, CEO of OneUp Health. OneUp Health is a digital health data platform designed to help healthcare organizations connect, control, and compute data. Its unique system is designed to meet the dynamic needs of healthcare today and evolve with them into the future. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Maddie, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you straight from the get-go is that you recently ran 111 miles to represent your current number of employees. It's grown since then. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, my spirit over the sort of we'll call it the last half of my career has been to sort of intersect endurance athletics and running companies. And there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from being out by yourself in the woods for, you know, a day and a half, pushing yourself to limits that maybe you haven't sort of achieved. And I think that I wanted to stay focused on the team. And so the 111 miles, you know, every once in a while, when you're sort of feeling a little bit down about yourself, you're like, well, I would never want to let anyone else down, let myself down or otherwise. And so it's a good motivation It's also a good lesson in life, which is once you make a commitment, you want to follow through. And I think that the commitment first is to yourself. And then once you made that, then you make it to others. And then usually you can deliver on that. So yeah, it was hard, but fun. And as I said to myself, sort of halfway through that the discomfort doesn't rise to the level of quit. So you know, discomfort is what we're going to experience in life, but that shouldn't take us off our game. Have fun doing it and got to the finish line and felt pretty good. That's really good advice, no matter what you're doing, be it business or endurance running or anything else. Exactly. So it's so interesting how in even your own personal pursuits, you're able to focus and center on the people within your company. And I was wondering what other sort of inspiration from your personal life or your professional life have shaped your leadership styles. You know, I probably talk about this a little bit too much, but my dad was a social worker and my mother was a school teacher. Their whole lives are focused on taking care of people, you know, and they took care of me and my brother and my sister. But I sort of probably became, I don't know, we'll call myself a social worker, but in a commercial context, you know, taking care of people. I think that for all of us, if I was focused on anything now, it's about human performance. And that isn't an absolute, right? That's all about relative. How much can you get out of yourself? And there's two ways to do that. One is by focusing on the goals and objectives and being clear about that. And the second is actually having less misalignment and being as effective as you can be. And that means being treated well, because we know what happens is if you don't have an environment that is supportive, then there's a lot of energy loss looking for support. And so if I can bring both of those together, then I think we all can perform way better than we thought we could. And and that's what I learned in my life. You know, at this great support system at home, that's what I learned day to day. And boy, did it sort of put me on a platform about, hey, Joe, you can do anything you want. Just give yourself enough time. We're here to help you get there. And so, yeah, it works well for me, I think. That's awesome. Kind of to translate that to the workspace, psychological safety and emotional intelligence are two huge buzzwords in today's changing workspace. And I was wondering how you're able to cultivate that within your own company and what sort of advice you could give to other leaders. 
You know, I think that the first thing for you to have any credibility is to actually have a brand that you are and you stand for and you're consistent to, right? So everyone knows who I am. You know, it's pretty obvious what I stand for. I live it very vividly, whether it is in this idea of athletics or commitment or support. I like the servant leader model. And so I think that we don't focus a lot on sort of, you know, emotional intelligence because we get too focused on the task. But, you know, we're people first and workers second. And I think that when you're going to be with someone, be present. I love technology as much as anyone, you know, but if I'm in a conversation with you and all I am is looking at my phone, am I really there? Put it away when you sit down and talk to someone. Invest some time in making people feel important. Follow up. It's actually sort of funny because I don't think the concepts are hard intellectually. They're sometimes hard in action because you get yourself a little bit wrapped up in, I guess, other people's point of view about how to deal with that. But bringing the human element to the workplace gets a massive return, probably greater than we sometimes give credit for. Yeah. And would you mind circling back to what the servant leadership style is? I'm actually not that familiar with it. Yeah, you know, it's been written about for many, many years. Maester wrote about it in the McKinsey study that said that Simon Sinek wrote a book called Leaders Eat Last. You know, a servant leader's mindset says that if everyone is productive, then we do better. Like as an individual, as a leader, you can only produce so much. So once you serve someone, you provide them the right resources they need, the right support they need, the right coaching they need the tools they need. And in so doing, you then would make them successful versus worried more about what you need on a daily basis. So, you know, and that's something as simple sometimes as even going out and getting lunch for the team that's working through lunch. You know, that's what a servant leader would do. Not leaving when it gets to the work of, I don't know, maybe we don't make copies anymore, but metaphorically. And just being available to people in a sincere way. You know, I always tell people that If you invite me over for dinner, I'm going to pay you back by washing the dishes because I feel like that's what I should do. And I think it's a mindset of service. Most fun thing in my life is giving gifts, not getting them, because you make other people happy. And the servant leader does that sort of innately and gets a massive return back out of it. Yeah. I'm incredibly jealous of my younger sister because she is one of the best gift givers I know. She just has a knack for knowing what will make someone smile. Isn't it ironic? You know, the thing about that is it's almost selfish. Like making people happy is like such a dopamine hit. Like I'm like so excited when I make other people happy. We are so often trying to go the other way, but there is more sort of satisfaction in that. And yeah, it's a fun journey to figure out, oh, can I do something that would make you feel special? Because then if you do, then you're going to perform better and becomes actually not the reason why you do it, but a good derivative of what you did. And speaking of motivators and flexibility and things that make people happy, I saw that 1UP Health recently implemented a policy that pays up to $2,000 for any family planning services, no questions asked. So how does that help motivate your employees, especially as we're entering a period where flexible benefits are more important than ever? I think there's a couple of thoughts underlying this idea that Each of us have our own life to live, and I'm not here to legislate or tell you how to live. I don't think that we should try and conflate, you know, the work you do with how you live. 
I don't think we should have categories. Why we have to count anything, whether you're of color or religion or sexual preference. It's like none of that should matter. We're people who are here on this planet together, right? And so what we have to do is that sometimes there's other needs that you have that you need some support with, and we want to be there for you. No judgment if you have reproductive needs and for some reason you live in a place that's not supportive of what you need to do for yourself, then we should be. Right. Because you need a community of people who are going to help you. And that's what we want to do. And we actually don't have any care about what it is. Like, I mean, I mean, in a good way, like it's all private. Take care of yourself. That's what we're here to do. We're part of your extended family. And that's the way we design our benefits with that kind of flexibility. We have a, a yearly stipend that people get to take care of themselves. It could be anything from going for a massage to buying sneakers to taking a class on yoga, but you get to choose. It's so much easier then because then people all get to do what they want, right? Because we don't want to all be the same. It's very satisfying to see when people use these benefits. We're really excited about that. And it's so cool that you've incorporated your benefits into building such a supportive company culture. Have there been any other initiatives that you've started or that you've continued over the past couple of years that have been successful in a similar way? Yeah. Part of it is being like very aware of where the world is today. 50 years ago, you would get a gold watch after 20 years of work, right? That's the way it worked. Turnover is a little bit different now. So at two years, we pay people $2,500 and have them take a week off. And all we ask is you send a picture from where you went on vacation. But you only have to wait two years. You don't have to wait 20 That would be a silly benefit because we know that wouldn't happen. We're very relevant to today. You know, we introduced this idea of a gap week. So you leave your job, you come to a new job with us. In the first week of work, we pay for your benefits and we pay you. And you take a week off in between because we want you to start off excited, healthy, rested, and not stressed about whether or not you should have taken a week off because you should take a break off. You know, like our lives are much richer than just our work. So when we built our core values, our first core value is being human, which is that you are more than your work. You might be a soccer mom. You might be a baseball coach for your kids. You might be just someone who likes to read. Whatever it is who you are, we want who you are. And you should be able to make choices In the summer, we give four Fridays off and we call them summer Fridays. So you can just enjoy an extra day in addition to your vacation time. So you don't have to feel that this is a death march. You know, there are times where we have big deadlines and we push together. Great. But the rest of the time, this should fit into our life, not life fitting into our work. Right. With um, the shift to remote work and working from anywhere, we've seen a lot of that from a lot of different companies. Like, I just got back from vacation last week and the week before that I was working remotely at my parents' place and my boss was very flexible. He's like, if you get the work done, just let me know when you're signing off so you can spend quality time with your family. Yeah. Look, I was a guy who commuted every day, you know, we lived this life that became soulless. And I don't know if that's really what the intention (laughs) of our time on this planet is to be soulless, meaning no choice look the same as everyone else, do the same, really not a good idea. So what I think the pandemic, if it was a gift, it gave us this idea that you can still get performance, which is really what matters no matter where you work. There's time where collaboration matters and maybe we have to go somewhere to do that, but it should happen when it's necessary. And we all benefit 
look, the employment market opened up for us. Like I couldn't hire people in Idaho before. Now I can. And I can get the best people for what it is we're doing. And then they're happier because it fits into their life. And so what if the dog is running around during a Zoom call? It's like it's not a problem because this is the real life. We always had to hide the life. It was a very strict line between work and life. Yeah, we're all, but we're all living the same thing. So it was a bit of a lie, right? And so now we're saying, hey, what we're really dealing with, let's actually make that acceptable. And boy, I think we've found a world. Now, there are some people who are trying to force people backwards. I feel bad for those organizations. Like, why? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, know that when we give agency to each other, when we empower independence and autonomy and give a sense of belonging, we have better human relationships and we get better performance. That's proven over and over again. With the trends of flexibility and transparency and autonomy coming out of COVID, what other trends do you see being important in the future of work? I think that the future still relies on stuff like mentoring and coaching, growth and development. And so you have to think about that. For example, we created a women's employee resource group within One Up Health, led by some of our coolest people in the company. And they invest in bringing in speakers, taking on topics. Now, this isn't just for women to attend. Anyone can attend. But it's sponsored through a sense of questions that a specific group has. We got to VRGs in any area. And so I think it's about being very explicit about how we can create an environment that is developmental for people. You know, we had a talk about imposter syndrome, and it was just great because people are sitting there saying, like, that's how I feel. Wow, it's really great to hear that some expert has a perspective and can help. So putting that in place really matters. We do employee surveys two times a year, very detailed, get a lot of input, and then we follow up with our employees and tell them what the changes we made because of the input we got. You know, we have a review system that's light touch, but gives feedback. You know, and then we have these collaboration meetings where, you know, we get together and then annually we have all of our team together for a two-day offsite to help build that camaraderie, team, trust, fun. So all of those are elements of continuing to invest in and develop our team. That's awesome. Recently, in the past couple of years, investment in your people, that investment in upskilling and reskilling and building that company culture has grown more and more essential. So it's fantastic to see that y'all have been so driven with that. Yeah. I love the idea of this concept of give the power away. One of the things in life is that there is stuff that we don't like, and then we might do it. So I don't know. Let's make it up. Your mother nags you and says, why didn't you bring the umbrella with you when it was raining? And you're like, I know what I'm doing. You don't need to say that to me. And then we go do the same thing to someone else. Instead, what we should be doing is empowering people to have the power to make their decisions, right? Ask people like, when we put on a holiday party, we say, who would like to organize that? It doesn't have to always be top down. If we did that company outing, you know, people helping create the content, everyone wants to contribute. It doesn't have to be just owned by just a few. Empower people to do stuff. And if you do, then actually don't question what they do. Let them decide. It doesn't always have to be your way. It can be great if someone else does it. I really appreciate that now. And I like to see the creativity that comes out of people when you truly give them the autonomy and the power to go do something. Yeah. It reminds me of way, way back, but when I was in summer camp, counselors would often say, teamwork makes the dream work. And 
knowing you can rely on people and that they can support you and vice versa is um, an essential part to any team. If you give credit, you don't have to take it. Everyone knows what your role was, but let's celebrate each other because that is how we can be most supportive. Back to this idea of if we're in alignment, we'll get better outcomes. And so how do you stay in alignment? It's agreement on the mission and the plan, the objectives, the commitments, and then the support that allows that to happen. And if something isn't perfect, then we sit down and talk about it in a constructive way. Like, and you think about sometimes, like if you're trying to do well, how do some of the things you do contribute to that? And if you really are serious with yourself, you'll realize that sometimes you're the problem. You know, like get out of the way. Really think more about as this leadership model evolves about sort of not having it to be your way, but being our way. And I think we've made a lot of progress as a result. Like you had mentioned earlier, at the end of the day, we're all people and you got to remember that people come first. And kind of speaking about that more personal aspect, I have one final question for you, which is what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, a couple of things. So I'm going to go for a run and a bike ride so that I love getting outside. And then I'm going to see my dad who's 93 and it's a blessing to still be able to spend time with him because, you know, we know that's not forever. And he is just this inspiration around sort of values and fairness and great thinking that I still benefit from. And so we have these fun raging conversations about how the world is and it's nothing more fun to look forward to. At the end of the day, Maddie, I think like every day is a vacation day. The mindset that I start off with is always happy and never satisfied. So I like to push myself on performance, but I'm always going to be happy because that's up to me. And why wouldn't I want to be? I may be sad for a moment, but never for any extended period of time because we're here too short. We should enjoy it. We should celebrate it and have an argument whether fantastic is better than excellent when someone asks you how you're doing. Right. That's good advice. And I hope you have a great bike ride. I hope you have a great run. And I hope you have a really nice visit with your dad, Joe. I truly appreciate the time together. And I hope that uh, your listeners enjoyed our time with us as well. Yeah, I think they'll enjoy it too. And Joe, thank you again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.